Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We have the pleasure of sitting down with Michael Pierce. Uh, Mike, we'll start here. Uh, so I, we have a new intern in our department, right? And her name's Haley. Mm -hmm. And we were watching practice the other day. And, you know, she's new. She, like, hasn't been around NFL players, right? She looks out there and she points to you and she goes, that dude is huge. She was like, <laughs> that guy. Like, it's, it was like her welcome to the NFL moment. Do you get that in general? Like, when you're just walking around in life, do a, a lot of people, like, that? your thighs are bigger than my waist, Mike. Like, do you get that a lot? Yeah, man. Um... I normally like forget how big I am <laughs> just because, like I said, I'm six foot and, you know, our next tallest D line may be six two or six three. Right, right. And we had Calais last year and I'm right. around Herb all the time and Travis six five. So um, when I go out in public, they're like, oh my God. And I'm looking like they must be looking at someone else. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, the girth, it, it helps me get the job done. But no, definitely when I'm in public, I am reminded. Right. Here, not so much. <laughs> Well, last time you sat down with us was you were fresh off inking your contract a year ago. And, uh, you know, lots changed. You've been, gotten married. We were so, sitting down. Your fiance was with us last time. So, been married, had your honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Can you tell listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, we got married March 18th, uh, took a trip to Dubai. That was my go-to right before COVID. COVID shut that down, obviously. Uh -huh. So, next time I got the country, I said I was going to Dubai. So, uh, we had a blast, man. Um, she kind of gave me free reign. To okay plan everything out so uh, my wife loves the beach so incorporated the beach went to Abu Dhabi and then uh, I had my fun I got on a helicopter got on the boat yeah rode in some nice cars that you probably wouldn't want to own you know what I mean wouldn't want to own uh, I, take, I take a nice car I well you I was saying until you get the bill so no I got to ride around the back of a Rolls Royce which was cool for me and all that That's kind of neat. crap but um no nah, man we just had a good time enjoying each other and uh just seeing all those different sites yeah well you're a world traveler that's one thing I like about Mike I can always have a good conversation with him about traveling the world so so life is good uh I want to talk a little football you mm -hmm. know you had to kind of cut your world travel short a little bit this year you didn't have to but you opted to you're here at the voluntary you know OTAs here at football school all that stuff like you know putting that work in what what led you to want to do that um I just had a rough two years so I had two years uh two seasons consecutively cut short by injury right so um like I said it's the 10,000 hour rule if you miss out on so many things um you can get rusty and mm. uh like I said, for me, it's just about resetting myself, um, being around the team, being around the guys, um, not having Calais here also played a part in that. Just it's my turn to step up and be a leader vocally and also, you know, bring those young guys along. So um, it's been a joy, man. I haven't been to OTA since, I guess, right before COVID. Right. So, um, no, man, I'm enjoying myself uh, just working with the guys, hanging with the guys, eating lunch and all that good stuff. So, um, no, it's been a blast, man. Like I said, I finished up rehab, but just want to be around the team. Get yeah. myself back and ready to roll. So once we hit camp, once we hit the season, I'm I'm nice and ready to go. Cool. I was going to ask you about that, you know, Calais being gone and you being now a vet in the room. How is that process going? Do you, and how does how does Michael Pierce go about being a leader? Because, you know, you seem great guy, but, you know, kind of like not the thunder voice that Calais has and not the loudest guy coming out on the practice field. How does Michael, how is Michael Pierce going to go about being a leader for this group of guys? Um, for me, it's just about, you know, practicing what I preach. So practicing hard every day, making sure I'm on my assignments, making sure that, um, like I said, 
for me, I'm, I deem myself responsible for Travis. Uh, we brought in <laughs> Kai. Um, just making sure not only that my technique is on point, but helping them along. Uh, we got some other great vets like Herb who does a great job. But uh, for me, it's just about working hard every day, letting people see my work ethic. Um, unfortunately, I'm not as, you know, dancing inclined as Brandon, <laughs> nor uh, do I have the uh, – the voice of Calais. But um, in my own way, I'm trying to get it done. And uh, I think the guys are responding. And I think Coach Weavis should be pleased with how I'm handling things. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, obviously, the injuries. That's been, you know, unfortunately part of the story the past couple of years. Uh, I mean, last year you came out, like, you were looking really good. Really good in training camp. Week three, biceps injury. Uh just how tough was that to handle, given all that you've gone through? You know, you had the opt-out year because of COVID, and then it was elbow? Uh, so my tricep, yeah. Tricep, okay, with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And then to come here and have the biceps injury, just how difficult was that for you to handle? Ah, man, it was rough, man. Uh, like I said, thankfully, I had my dog and my fiance at home. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, those first couple of weeks, just it didn't really hit me. You know, I had mm-hmm. surgery, but, you know, you – for a week or two, you're on pain pills. You just wake up, go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep. Yeah. And, um, no, nah, man, it was rough mentally uh, just to realize, like, all right, I worked so hard to get to this point. And, like I said, for the past two years, I started off really hot, been playing right. one of the best in the league, and then, you know, something freak happened. So, um, like I said, for me, it was just trying to put that behind me, no self-pity parties and all that stuff. Uh, after those two weeks, my fiance was like, all right, you got you to get it done. Mm. Got to get back to work. So um, started with rehab, knocked all that stuff out. Um, I got clear pretty quickly, and uh, I'm back at it. So um, now, nah, right now, it's just a renewed sense of joy, just seeing that. Um, you know, like I told those guys, I think I shared a text with them after I got hurt. It each and every Sunday is really precious. Mm. And until you had those injuries, until you miss time, and you know, have to watch football for 12 weeks, 16 weeks on TV, uh, you don't really know how that feels. So yeah. Um, that's another reason why I'm here. I'm just enjoying playing football, um, enjoying being healthy, and uh, just making sure my body is ready and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned you know, injury sucked, but you look great. And obviously the last two years you haven't been beaten up as much as the average defensive lineman. Is there any part of you that feels like, hey, I've got a lot left in the tank because I'm healthy now, my body's fresh, and even though, you know, the birth certificate may say 30, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fresh guy ready to roll. Yeah, man. Um, I think everybody feels that way around this time of the year. Um, but no, I definitely missed out on a lot of the poundings, a lot of the achy stuff that you know tends to happen towards the end of the season. I haven't had to deal with. Um, for me, it's just about um, just finishing. So I ain't. Even, I'm not really worried about you know anything other than me completing that goal is finishing all 16, 17 games, playoffs, all that kind of stuff. So um, like I said, I don't really worry about my age. It's just about enjoying every day. And handling my business. Like I said, I've seen a lot of great vets. I think Calais was, what, 35 when he was here? Yeah. And a joy he had every day. He was like a big kid. So, mm-hmm. Brandon, same. And so T-Sizzle. So, um, I'm starting to see that now. Like I said, guys are coming in. They're 21, 22. And we're in two different phases of life. <laughs> but um, that's also a good thing. You get to mentor guys and everything. So, like I said, as long as I have fun and – like I said, I'm enjoying myself, and I can stay healthy. I won't worry about the, the age on the birth certificate. It, it is interesting, you know, the point that you made earlier, your feeling about when you lose reps, you know, do you kind of 
lose something, you know what I mean? Like, or that rust factor, I, I guess, can you expound upon that? Like your feeling of having not played a ton of football recently, how that impacts you going into this year? Yeah. Um, so I would, I would be remiss. So I would be lying if you say doubt doesn't creep in. Mm. So, you know, you see things differently. Um, you know, when you do something for so long, it's like second nature. Yeah. And then when you miss what 30 games, right. Um, Things, you know, you're like, dang, can I really do this? Can I? You see guys play the position, you're like, dang, I, I should be able to do that. And then, you know, before you can actually put your feet back on the field and get back healthy, you're like, I don't know if I'm like I used to be. So, mm. um, for me, it's good to be out here in OTAs. We can't go full speed and stuff. But, right. Um, just, you know, putting myself in those movements and uh, being efficient and playing really well throughout these OTAs is very, very important for me. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, you had that doubt for sure, especially like those off seasons in January, you watching people play in the Super Bowl. And then, you know, right before OTAs, you're like, oh man, I got to start from ground zero. Um, Thankfully that wasn't (laughs) the case for me. I I hit the ground running, but um, that's just a testament to me working in off season and all that stuff. But yeah, no, you definitely had those times where you're like, man, I need to see myself do this before I can right. really feel comfortable. It, it sounds like this season for you isn't about proving anything to anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's about proving it to yourself that Certainly. that that you can stay healthy, you can play, be on the field, and you can be that guy, the juggernaut, you know, that we've all seen before. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yeah. Um, like I said, knowing my story and coming from undrafted and yeah. just seeing that, you know, I never would have assumed I'd make it to year eight. Mm. Just in my wildest dream. So um, just being grateful for that, not alone and not wasting this opportunity to be a leader, to uh, lead the D line, to play well and all that stuff uh, is really, really um, important to me this year. So, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people forget, you know, your background, just being undrafted, you know, cause you've been really kind of like a stellar guy since you started, started here. But do you remember any point your first season where, or when you first got here, you were like, Man, I can play with these guys. You know, like, do you remember, you know, any practice, any game, like any any moments that happen? You're like, you know what, I can do this. Yeah, um, I'd say my first preseason game. Listen, I don't make a lot of sacks, but I remember like one and a half. And um, oddly enough, Brandon's wife Alyssa had a baby mm-hmm. the day of our <laughs> first preseason game. So um, I think they moved Carl Davis to start. Cause I'm sure you don't want to throw an undrafted rookie out there <laughs> in the first uh, first preseason game. So I think they moved Carl. Carl ended up rolling his ankle, and I ended up going out there like I think the second or third series and just playing really well. And like I said, it's kind of like one of those deer in the headlights moments. It's like it's sink or swim. Um, so you know, I went from Coach Cullen like yelling at me every day and <laughs> playing ten to you know five to ten plays every practice to. All right, this guy has something. Let's see what he does next week. And you know, by the time we got to the fourth preseason game, it was on and popping. So, uh, well, uh, everybody first, remembers that play. The fourth preseason yeah. game was the sack, yeah. recover, fumble, recovery, touchdown. Yeah, I mean so, that's a, for a big yeah. man. That's a tr- the trifecta yeah. right there. No, if I can get one of those this season, God, just look out for me. <laughs> but um, no, man, that's when I really said, okay, I started to gain some confidence. And that's thing I tell Travis and every young guy we have that comes through here. Once you get your confidence and you know who you are and you know what you need to do in this defense, things start to flow a lot smoother. Right. So, um, yeah. That's kind of how it happened. Well, you, you mentioned the loss of Calais, obviously, in free agency, and those are literal big shoes to fill. Uh, you know, different position than you play, but what is your take on that? And I guess Mike McDonald, you know, said, 
quote on, on the podium. He said, having Mike back in the middle of the defense will definitely be a big point of contention for us moving forward. I'm excited to see what he does, right? So your coach is saying that, that'll be a difference maker for us. How do you kind of approach filling his shoes in a way? Um, I don't think anybody ever fills the shoes of a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, Production-wise, you know, like I said, he got a good amount of sacks. I think he had mm-hmm. six last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, like I said, being a nose guard and my favorite nose guard being Kelly Gregg, it's just mm. about being that tone setter. Mm. Um, you know, we've had great nose guard play. That's something I try to tell Travis and make him aware of, and that's just something that's a non-negotiable in this defense. So right. um, holding myself to that standard, knowing the guys who come before me is big for me. Like I said, I just enjoy my job. It's not the most flashy. <laughs> I don't end up on Sports Center or anything like that. But yeah, but you you get some sacks. You got some pass rush too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't no, sell yourself I'm, short now. <laughs> nose guard is just a thankless job in general. Right, right, right. But like I said, the really good ones tend to enjoy it. So yeah. I enjoy bumping and, and and knocking some guys down and putting some guys on their backs. So right. uh, no, nah, man, it's just about um living up to my standard. Um, you know, obviously. Forwarding the brand of the Ravens football, just being physical and uh, bringing guys along. But no, nah, man, um, that's the that's the person who I believe myself to be the yeah. difference maker. I'm glad that coach thinks so as well. But it's just about putting that work in every day. Do you guys on the defensive line talk about you know not having Calais and that everybody collectively we're all going to have to step up? Some of these young guys, you know, like Travis Jones, mm-hmm. Matt Abike, Broderick Washington. You know, there's just going to be more on their plates. You know, yeah. Um, we don't really talk about it per se, but I think it's just felt. Yeah. Um, like I said, Meta BK, fourth year, this is a huge year for him. Yep. As well as Brody. Yep. Brody's been balling. So, um, like I said, Travis did really, really well, especially before he got his knee. I, he was mm-hmm. going to have a huge year. I really believe that. So, um, having him healthy is going to be awesome. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's just it goes without saying. And, um, like I said, our brand of football is synonymous with D-line who kicks some tails. So, yeah. Um, whether Calais here or not, Sizzle was here or not, um, you got to do your job and be accountable to our standard and our defense. So, um, like I said, we haven't really talked about it a lot, but it's understood. Yeah, your first year with Mike as defensive coordinator got kind of got cut short. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you see from him as defensive coordinator, his style, his approach, and how do you think any changes you might see in the way the Ravens are going to go about things this year – or not with just Mike and having a year also as a defensive coordinator under his belt. Yeah, like I said, I think it's kind of with players. Uh, the more confidence you get as time goes on throughout a season, you know, season stack up and stack up, you get, you know, those mental reps, those physical reps for him, calling plays in different situations. So um, I think he does an amazing job with the coverages. And um, like I said, I think a lot of our DBs are starting to really this year understand and the communication is there, and um, like I said, those mental busts, like if we had a few against the Dolphins, those things don't happen when you had those certain reps. So, um, you know, we had a lot of young guys in there when we had those uh, things happen, and then you see the growth that Kyle Hamilton had. You see Jalen Armour Davis grow tremendously. So, um, like I said, the back end is coming together very well, and like I said, we still blitz a lot. We still get after people, so um, I think he'll obviously improve as a coordinator, but Ultimately, it's the players who play the game, and you know, once he gets those calls into PQ or Roquan's ear, everything can flow. So, you you mentioned Matt Gay and Brody and, and Travis. Can you give us a little snapshot on each of those guys of what stands out to you about their games? Okay, we'll start with Travis. Okay, he's probably the second strongest person I've seen. Hmm. One being Linval Joseph. Wow. Okay. That dude is. 
almost tore my pack working out with involved. <laughs> you know, Travis is just very, very big kid, uh broad shoulders, then lift the house. So um yeah. no, nah, I think he kinda reminds me of Brandon in a way. Okay. Um very, very strong. He can run through anything, but he's also pretty agile. Yeah. So um no, nah, I, I love Travis's game. Meta BK is just a physical specimen. I know you I've heard people talk about that on yeah. countless of podcasts with you guys. I think <laughs> Justin Houston was the last person I heard talk about. Yeah. Him. But um no, nah, he's just a freak athlete, man. He's kind of so, like twitchy for a big yeah, guy, kind of. Yeah, we don't normally have those kind of guys. I think the last time we had one was like Timmy Jernigan. Yeah, and he's really <laughs> yeah. explosive here. So, uh, yeah, he's in that AD Timmy Jernigan mold. Very, very fast, very explosive. Yeah, strong. Like he said, you. I said, if you ever see him just walk around, you can understand kind of where I'm coming from with that. But, <laughs> uh, now, Brody is awesome, man. He is very much so a technician. Mm. Strong as well, but. Um, that's it. It's, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that works harder than Brody. Interesting. Period. All right, one other guy on the other side of the ball that you go against, Tyler Linderbaum. Just what were your impressions of him going up against him in practice his rookie season and, and now you know a little bit at the start of OTAs here? Yeah, no, he's grown a lot, man. Um, I think I hit him with a hump move, I think, on uh, first couple plays of OTAs, and everybody made a big deal out of it. <laughs> and then, like I would say, like a week later, that crap didn't work anymore. <laughs> so, uh, no, he's a fast learner. And like I said, people made, I guess, a pre-draft or something made a big deal about him being, you know, not mm-hmm. the biggest guy. Right. The dude is scrappy, man, and he can just play. And I think they said the same thing, Iowa guy. Same yeah. thing about Marshall when he came out. I read an article about him. He was, quote, unquote, small and He's gonna walk into the Hall of Fame, so yeah. don't want to put that on him. But no. <laughs> um, he's a he's a really really good player. Uh, I think he's going to continue to grow just like everybody else, and uh, we'll see where his career ends up. But no, he's he's a really really great great center for sure. Yeah, since we're talking offense as a defensive guy, I mean, what are your impressions? You know, we're all talking about you know Lamar's back, OBJ drafting Zay Flowers. I mean, obviously offense helps defense. What's what's your impression as a guy who's going to be watching these guys work on the sidelines, what having an offense, some of the weapons they brought in can do for the team and for and for the defense. Yeah, no, I think that's something we haven't had here in a very long time, just a plethora of guys who can do a lot of different things. So, um, you know, J.K. is going to be in his contract year. That's always big year for running backs. Mm-hmm. We got Gus, who's a different change of pace kind of guy. Justice can do different things. Um, like I said, Odell is, I mean, Synonymous. So, <laughs> so uh, one handed catches and all those things, those underneath routes that he catches and can take to the house. And then Zay is, whew, he's fast. So very fast. <laughs> running reverses now and all this other stuff that I don't want to give out. Obviously. <laughs> but um, no, nah, man, we throwing screens and all kind of stuff. And like I said, if somebody misses a tackle, that joint can go to the crib. And then we have Bait back. And like I said, he took a like a slant 80 yards last yeah, year right? yeah, yeah. at home against the Dolphins. Dolphins right? Yeah. Right. Prochets, man, we we got a lot, a lot of weapons. So um, I'm eager to see all that come together. Um, like I said, camp will be interesting, and then um, we'll get to the season. But uh, on paper, we, yeah, <laughs> we, we got we got some horses. Man. Yeah. All right, last question for me, Mike. You know, as a guy who who dealt with the biceps injury last year, do you think? You know, I'm, I've suffered like a lifetime worth of biceps injuries. These are underdeveloped for my whole life for some reason. Do you think I have an injury or something in your medical opinion? Uh, <laughs> my wife is a pharmacist, so I don't want to disrespect the medical field. But <laughs> I think if you just go talk to Scott. Okay, go down the I'll, weight room. I'll be here all summer if you want to come down, Ooh. you know, for a gun show. 
<laughs> it's all relative to your strength. Okay, okay. So obviously you won't have to do what I do. But um <laughs> he can he can uh he can tone you up, man. My my bicep looked like my forearm and now I'm back normal. So uh, <laughs> they'll get it out of you if you want to put the work in. All right. I'll start with the twenty five pound curls. Let's go. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, my pleasure, it. brother. Always Thank good talking to you, Mike, man. Welcome back into the Seat Geek Studio. Good to hear from Michael Pierce. Just a good dude. I always enjoy talking to Mike. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. He, you know, he mentioned starting up the gun show for me. It's gonna be a BB gun. It's gonna, <laughs> we're talking. We're talking water pistol for me. Everybody has their strengths, Brian. You know. Man? Yeah, and I have zero of them. Nah, zero of the man. strengths. Well, physical. Yeah, physical. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that, Cliff. Right. Yeah. You messed with the wrong crowd there, man. It's true. I was waiting for it. You know, what was he going to come up with? You know, see, this is the benefit of having you on the couch instead of Garrett. You know, Garrett would use this as an opportunity to cut me down. He would. You build me up, Cliff. I this do. is This is the difference between you and Garrett. It's true. I appreciate it, my friend. I do. Make my day smoother, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, we want to li- remind listeners and viewers uh, that this week, it, the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens, has a limited time offer you won't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code FLOCK. New customers can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code FLOCK. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MarylandGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER 21 plus to play. Uh, Anyway, really good for Mike. Uh, I thought particularly about, you know, kind of introspective about, you know, have I lost a step? Can I still play at that level? I mean, you, you think this is a guy who signed a three-year, $27 million deal with the Vikings when he left Baltimore. I mean, was regarded as one of the top nose tackles in the NFL. Uh, and there's no reason to believe that he can't be that player again. You know, he, he got off to a strong start with the Vikings. Well, he had the COVID year. His first year, he sat out, uh, opted out because of COVID. And then the following year, he started really well before his injury and then was released, came back here. And, um, you know, but it's interesting. In my eyes, no reason to believe he can't be that player. But in his eyes, it's kind of like until you do it, and it's been a while since I've done it, you don't really know. Yeah, I think we often underestimate the mental – aspect of injury yeah everybody knows you have to recover physically yeah but these guys are going against people at the highest level yeah so think about it i mean whether it's michael pierce or anyone if you come back 90 percent of what you were that's 10 percent you lost yeah and you're going against the guy who is at the peak of his powers right that makes a difference so now instead of being a dominant player Maybe you're a guy who's fighting for a starting spot. Mm-hmm. If you're fighting for a starting spot, now you're fighting for a roster spot. Right. So, and like you said, it's that, you that's that it, narrow, it's right? It's that narrow. We forget that, I think, sometimes because we know what this guy can do. We just expect when he's healthy, he's going to be the same guy. Right. It's not always that way. Right, right. Very interesting. And, and the defensive line, just as a whole, is interesting to see how that kind of shapes up this year. It seems like, you know, now the Ravens added a veteran to the defensive line, kind of, you know, made a signing there, but. Really, mostly it's going to be young players stepping up Correct. into bigger roles and more on their plate. I mean, what are your expectations for the D-line this year? A lot of talent there. They're young, talented guys. It was yeah. interesting to me how quickly Michael talked about taking the Calais Campbell leadership role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times I think we make more of it than it really is. But with a guy like Calais, who's not only a huge presence but still a heck of a player, the guys know that, hey, We've got to pick it up. Mm-hmm. But 
imagine, you know, you got guys like Madabuike, Travis Jones. You know, if they, yeah, if they can all take a step up as Mm -hmm. young players, wow. And then you have a guy like Pierce being the glue. Right. It could really be interesting. So this is kind of a changing of the guard, no question, Yep, uh, up front. It and, is. And, and there is Brent Urban. You know, you, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to lose fo- focus or sight of that. You know, they do have a veteran DN, big body guy. I mean, you talk about if you're just looking at them, who is closest to Calais Campbell would be Brent Urban right. is a really big guy. But, um, you know, and I think Mike McDonald's really going to shuffle the pieces around there uh, because – I don't. I don't know that Brent Urban's going to play the same number of snaps that Clarence Campbell did. No. I, I don't expect that that will be the case. So somebody's going to be kind of in that spot, eating up some a lot of those snaps that Calais once played. Um, and Mike McDonald, when I asked him about this, even said, you know, could they take an outside linebacker, put his hand in the dirt every once in a while? You know, sometimes do that. They're going to be very multiple in their defensive line looks to kind of absorb that loss. I think. Yeah, and health, as we all know, always plays such a huge role. I mean. Yep. Michael Pierce was playing great until he got hurt. Travis Jones was, to me, dominant and sometimes a preseason. And yep. then that knee injury, to me, kind of threw him off. Especially you see that a lot with mm-hmm. young players, mm-hmm. I think. I think veterans generally handle injuries better than young players. It yep. just seems to set them back a little bit. With Linderbaum had to deal with that, too. I mean, yes. he missed a lot of time in, in I thought he did last well. year. He did very well. Yeah, I was, I, I was a little worried when he got hurt. Because so much was expected of him. Right, he was a week one starter. I know. That, I thought he handled that very well. Yeah. But, again, if, if this defensive line can stay healthy, it's going to be good. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we have a few emails. This one comes from Will Saunders from Pittsburgh. Will, frequent emailer. Appreciate it, Will. Uh, he says he has two questions. Many Ravens jumped on social media after D-Hop, uh, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, was released, wanting the Ravens to sign him. Lamar, JK, a top three tight end, first round offensive tackle, and center. That's a lot of talent. Why do Ravens fans want more? Uh, why use the salary cap resources on another receiver? Do you believe it's the years of wideout injuries just because or some other reason why people want to add Hopkins? That's the first question. We'll get to number two after that. <laughs> well, I think anytime there's a big name guy, right. fans want him. It is it, it well. It's also kind of crazy. I mean, I think that fans, Ravens fans, are so conditioned to like whenever a, a big receiver hits the market, it's like we got, we have to get we this guy. Him. We're so starved, right, right. you know. And it's like odd to hear somebody be like, God, we don't need another receiver. It's so so. I think part of it is because like you know the Ravens have been thin at that spot in recent years and have really been hungry for that kind of pro bowl big time guy that like we're conditioned, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Pavlov's dog around here. Mm-hmm. D hop gets released. You start drooling, you know, <laughs> Bing, the bell rings. Uh, so I think that is part of it. And, and, you know, as much talent as there is undeniably. So, right. I mean, uh, you do have guys coming back from injuries. Rashad Bateman's come back from the injury. OBJ's come back from the injury. Now all indications are good. Right. You know, Rashad Bateman's on the field here at OTA. He's not full speed, not full go, but doing a lot. Looks good. Mm-hmm. Certainly an indication that by week one, he should be totally good to go. Mm-hmm. OBJ, we haven't seen him out here at OTAs uh, yet, but, you know, from videos, whatever, you know, I mean, he was considering coming back last year to play, you know, so he's pretty far removed. He'll be very far removed from the Super Bowl injury by the time the season starts. So I think the health will be fine, but it is a question mark a little bit. Right. I I just feel it's it's the player and the position that 
fans, you know, as you said, they're conditioned to clamor for a guy that good. But I don't think I just I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think mm-hmm. Diop ends up here. Yeah, I think that um, I would agree with that. Yeah. So um, assuming that 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 doesn't happen, he's not here. Yeah, I mean, I still like what the Ravens have. Um, and I feel like, yeah, they, they've got plenty. There are other years where you're looking like, man, you know, they'll probably want to address this right away mm-hmm. if somebody like that came. Like, mm-hmm. they'd be on the phone, like, tomorrow. Right. right. It's no longer like that at all. And I am interested. I would just, you know, I just want these guys, again, to stay healthy. Yep. Uh, Bateman has played well. When he's been healthy, but yep. he's had injuries the past two years. Duvernay was having his best season, got injured. OBJ, people always ask me, like, well, how much does he have left? The last time I saw him play, he had a lot left, like right, in that Super right, Bowl. He right. looked just fine to me. Right. So if he just gets back to that, mm-hmm. let alone some of the years he had in New York, if he just gets it back to what he was with the Rams, yeah. he's going to help us a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean – can these guys just stay healthy? If if that's the case, t- we don't need DeAndre Hopkins. Now, now again, he's a great player. Right. That's always that's kind of <laughs> right, like the right, thing for right, me is right. like I'm like, D Hop's D Hop. He is. And it, you know now there's a, there's all these reports of like oh can he still separate as much as he used? Oh, dude looked pretty darn good to me to my eye after no miss, scout, after missing but, the first part of the season. Right. So like part of you is kind of like man. They had DeAndre Hopkins. How do you stop the offense? Like, unstoppable. Like, size them up. You know, so like, (laughs) you know, like, that's kind of like what part of me is like. But there's a lot more to winning a Super Bowl to getting sized up than, you know, having like, it's all resource allocation, right? It's than having like this insane wide receiver room. That's not the only component, right? So like, to me, you know, adding a veteran pass rusher is higher on my priority list right now mm-hmm. than, than adding another wide receiver, even if it's D-Hop. You know, is it a safety? Do you add a cornerback? Getting, you know, a little bit deeper at corner. Those to me are higher priorities. But if those don't work out, Right, let's Justin Houston sign somewhere else. Whatever, right. like, and you have resources, and D Hop's still out there, and you got money to spend. All right, uh, what's what's the price? <laughs> I'm not just I'm just not gonna, gonna like hang up. Not. Uh, no, I'm not gonna like turn my back on the no. potential of adding a player like that. Certainly not, even though we have already upgraded a lot of wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, again, well, it's interesting because part of it too. Apparently, reportedly, he was on their radar before OBJ. Right. And everyone knew that he was not going to be in Arizona this year. Yeah. Now now that they've released him, the right. question is where is he going? Right. Yep. Uh so it kind of addresses Will's second question. He says, Do you believe the next edition will be a safety like Adrian Amos or such as Adrian Amos? Uh defensive lineman, uh Matty Ioannidis, or a pass rusher? Uh, Frank Clark, Arden Key, Justin Houston. These are the vets that uh, that might want until after mani- mandatory minicamp to sign. Uh, where do you place the, the betting odds, he says? Like, what's the next edition, basically? Uh, my odds, greatest odds would be with the pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, particularly since Justin Houston is one of the guys sitting out there. Yeah. I definitely think that could still happen. If not pass rusher, I c- kind of feel like the Ravens might just wait until, you know, further along training camp. And if something happens, as unfortunately, you know, it often does at a position, 
then attack there. I mean, mm. they that you pass rusher you're saying, yeah, or or another position if somebody gets hurt <laughs> or something. You know? Well, do you remember last year there was like there was like two healthy outside linebackers on the roster during early part of training camp? It was crazy. I know. I know. I mean, yeah. So, so they, they right. they've been patient before. Patient, yeah. As they all you know use it's not week one yet, right? And I do like the fact that when you look at their roster, you don't see these glaring holes. Yeah, no. I mean that that's where you want to be. And I I really like what I'm seeing from Ajabo, David Ajabo on the field. Uh, also, Dafe Owe. Like I think those two guys, you know, they've been working out together this off season. I think. It's real. I think I think it could be real that those two really have, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make wild, you know, uh, predictions, but I right. think they could have strong seasons together. Yeah, I mean, both those guys obviously have a lot of talent. I yep. loved Ojabo in college. I loved him at Michigan before mm-hmm. I even knew he was going to be a Raven. I yeah. loved him and then never thought that he would be playing in Baltimore for Mike McDonald. Right, right, So right. I loved him in college playing for the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard for me to believe that now this isn't going to work out in Baltimore. <laughs> it's the same two guys. Right, exactly. All right, another email here comes from Jesse F. from Canada. Uh, she says, listen to every episode uh, of The Lounge every week. And when Ryan mentioned Roquan, I don't know how you missed the opportunity to call him Zero Quan. Oh, clever. Okay, all right, there's something there. Uh, Love the show, guys. Hope the families are healthy and can't wait for the season. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciate the email. Uh, This one comes from James from York, England. So we're getting international. International. I I love our international (laughs) listeners to the lounge. Love them. Uh, James says, uh, long-time listener and a big fan, both of the lounge and of the Ravens from the UK. First time emailing the show, though. Excellent. Thank you, James. Yeah. Says, uh, first of all, it's always cool to hear Lamar, Lamar call Garrett G during a press conference. Mm-hmm. But what's his nickname for Ryan? He says, feels like some one-sided love from number eight for your double act. Oh, 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 staring up trouble here. Oh. From abroad. From, from abroad. Up, Shots fired from across Jay. the pond. Right. He, Lamar usually just calls me Ryan. Okay. He calls not, a lot of people Mr. or something. I think, Mink, I, think, huh? I, think, I don't think he calls me Mink, which is very odd. Because everybody calls me Mink. Right. I think he, he just goes Ryan. Ryan. Right. You're Throws too, me off. You're too young for Mr. Ryan, which is a compliment. Yep. Mink, <laughs> I don't know why. I would think that yeah, if you asked me what Lamar would call you if I didn't know, I would say Mink. So, yeah, Ryan. Mink. Yeah. That's a question for Lamar. That's a question for Lamar. Why do you call me Ryan? You know, that's <laughs> yeah. your name. What's up with probably, that? He'll be, yeah, like, exactly. be like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Anyway, we'll have to look into this, James. Right. Uh, he says, second, I'm so excited to see the Ravens again in London, even though the 2017 game was soul-destroying. It was awesome to be there and to see Joe Sizzle, Weddle, Jimmy Smith, and other great Ravens in person. And his question is, uh, do you guys think the new offense will travel well this year with Munkin giving more verbiage to the offense through audibles and hot routes? We have some crucial road games this year. Chargers, 49ers on Christmas Day, Jags at crunch time, and obviously all three divisional opponents. Hopefully the offense can do well in those hostile environments. I think that's a good question. I do too. I yeah. mean, that, and that is one of the challenges for this offense. I mean, people love, generally speaking, I think fans love you know, to see all the, the motion before the snap, yep. obviously audible, changing things in the line of scrimmage. It's great when it works. But it is more challenging on the road. Yep. But I do feel that that's another reason why playing with pace is going to be important. Mm. You know, if Lamar has a lot of time 
at the line of scrimmage. He's up there. The more time he has to make plays, change plays, the less likely there'll be mistakes. Right. Playing with pace, I always feel is better for an offense anyway. But it is going to be interesting. That's why, you know, I, I know the, the coaching staff and everyone is glad that so many players are here now mm-hmm. because on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be different. There'll be some growing pains, no yeah. question. Then you get in a situation where, okay, you do all this stuff in training camp, then the starters really don't play in the preseason, mm-hmm. and then week one, you've got to be on point. Right. So it's a challenge, but got I love Linderbaum as a center, getting the line together. Lamar, to me, is, is good pre-snap when he has time. Yeah. When you're rushed – it gets a little more challenging. It's something right. to watch. It's a good question. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Todd Munkin's done this for a long time, so mm-hmm. he knows how to design an offense that can go on the road, right? Mm-hmm. And all the silent counts and all that kind of um, they get different... Some, they get some fans at SEC games. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's dealt with this before. I do... It does make me wonder whether the Ravens will practice with more crowd noise. You know, we, we see that every year. They do that... A lot. Right. Does does Marlon turn up the volume a little bit this year? Right. Do they do more practice uh, with a little bit more commu- with more communication at the line of scrimmage? Do they practice with noise even more often mm-hmm. than usual? I think that'll be that'll be interesting. So, anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for stepping in for Garrett and being such a positive ray of light <laughs> as always. <laughs> And if you haven't done so, uh, make sure that you check out Ravens Wired. So we just released a full, it's like 30 minutes long, full-length video diving deep inside the Ravens rookie minicamp. Um, if you haven't watched so watched that already on YouTube, make sure you go back and do so. Just some really interesting insights. I mean, uh, kind of a profile on each of the players, each of the Ooh, draft picks. Uh, heard from Andrew Voorhees for really the first time mm-hmm. about his knee injury and mm-hmm. what that was like at the Combine. That was kind of a crazy story. Yeah. Um, heard Greg Lewis, new wide receivers coach, mic'd up, and you kind of get a sneak peek into how he works and mm-hmm. what he's like working mm-hmm. with these some of these wide receivers, including, of course, first-round pick Zay Flowers. So really interesting stuff in there. It's always cool to see the curtain kind of pulled back so make sure you check that out make sure you're also subscribed and leave a rating and review for not only the lounge but also for the ravens press pass podcast we'll have ota availability uh this week coming on thursday Mm -hmm. and we'll have it of course next week as well as otas continue we're in week two of ravens otas uh cliff will be back later i'll be out the rest of this week, Cliff will be here with Cassie Calvert yes. to break down their OTA practice takeaway, so you won't want to miss that. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with you later this week. Bye.